As a working mom, I was spinning on my heels trying to be everything to everyone without realizing overwhelm had its firm grip over me. And it's no wonder since we juggle many identities and responsibilities and tendencies to shy away from our awesomeness. Does this sound like you? I believe one of the keys to successful living is activating our personal power. The question is, how do we do this? Join me each week as I uncover actionable tips from experts and intentionally aligned working mums who, like you and me, are on a journey to boost their personal power. My name's Roxana. Welcome to the Personal Power Boost Podcast. My guest on today's show is a mum and a creative entrepreneur in the fashion industry. For the longest time, and I mean 20 years long, she didn't think she had what it takes to launch her very own fashion label. Despite being qualified and despite supporting others in the fashion industry, she's here today to inspire and guide us all with her personal power journey. Welcome to the show, Jagdish. Oh, thank you, Roxana. Thank you for having me again. Oh, welcome back. So you came on a while ago and we talked about your how you define success and satisfaction. And it left me wanting to know a little bit more about how you became the Jagdish that you are now. Okay. So tell us a bit about your backstory. So I was the firstborn uh, of my parents. I was the oldest child and I've got a younger sister and a younger brother. Uh, I was born in Coventry and then when I was six years old, uh, my dad and and my mum moved to Maidenhead, which is West London, to start a new life there and he started new work there. Life as a young child, very quite traditional. Um, I think I was um, quite conditioned from an early age that one day I'll be, when I'm a bit older, I'll be getting married and that's subconsciously was my uh, goal in life, I guess. Um, That was enhanced by aunties who got married, older cousins, um, and it was just conditioned and I was led to believe that that is the most important thing and that's that's what my life goal would be. Study-wise, career-wise, it was there, but... In my family, it wasn't as important for girls. Um, it was more important for boys, hence me and my sister didn't go to private school, whereas my brother, who's the younger youngest sibling, he did go to private school because my parents thought it was more important for him to go to private school. But not as important for girls to go because one day they'll grow up and get married. Isn't that interesting? So um, you you come from an Indian family, don't you, Jagdish? That's right. Yeah, Indian. Yeah, and I and I also come from an Asian family. So my parents were Pakistani, are still, <laughs> and um, it's so there's so many parallels here. So there, there was always this kind of almost unspoken but a most definite implication that the key role for a girl in a family is to learn to do housework and to be a good daughter-in-law and then to grow up, you know, to almost like training to become the perfect yeah. wife and daughter I think I was trained from a very early age because uh, my mum, I think I was about nine, ten years old, where my mum was like, oh, do you want to come and watch me uh, make this? Because when you, uh, when you grow up and get married, then it'll be easier for you. 
And, um, you know, you have to be a good daughter-in-law and to be able to, one of the things to be able to be a good daughter-in-law is that you need to be able to cook. <laughs> you need to know how to cook. So I'm actually a very good cook now and it is because of my mom and it is because I started from an early age. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was key. It was, it was almost like training on a daily basis. You don't answer back because you don't answer like that back to me because you won't be able to answer back like that to your mother-in-law because oh, otherwise wow. there are problems. How interesting, how interesting. So when you were that age, so around the age of like 10, 12 years old, did you have, was there an inkling in you? Like, did you have this desire that maybe I don't just want that for my life or were you kind of going with it? I think I was just kind of going with it. I mean, I had a very happy childhood. Um, my, my parents were very loving parents and I had lots of cousins and we used to get together. We had, used to have lots of fun. I had very loving grandparents as well. Um, so I never really thought much of it. I just went along with it. I didn't, I never questioned it really. Um, probably until, um, until I was a lot older actually, but at that age, certainly not. Mm. How old were you when you started questioning it? Um, I think early twenties, I would say. Was this around the time you were kind of exposed to new and different ways of living or was it something that just kind of appeared within you, a thought that maybe you want something else? Um, it was after I graduated, um, and my parents were supportive with me going to Liberate University and um, doing my degree. Um, but it was always subconsciously that, yeah, you're going, you're going to go, you're going to do this degree and everything. But remember, you know, after you come back, then we'll have to start looking for you and you'll have to start looking to get married because ultimately that is the most important thing, you know? So after I graduated, I don't, then, in those days, you was introduced to, to guys. Hmm. Uh, like these days, people look themselves. Um, but in those days, families kind of said, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. And I started looking, and that's my parents. I, I was quite happy to, because I was single, I thought, okay, I'll be quite happy to meet a few guys. But there was nobody I liked. And then the more guys I said no to, that's when it started becoming, well, what's wrong? Are you actually going to get married kind of thing, you know? But then that's when I started realizing I'm not just going to marry anybody. Um, I will get married and I want to get married, but I want to get married to the right person. Around that time, were you thinking, um, so you graduated um, yeah. and were you thinking about a career or was your sole focus at the time on on finding a future partner? Um, I, well, after I graduated, my priority was to find a job. So I started looking for a job and then I was lucky enough to land into fashion buying, which was quite difficult to get into. It was always on the back of my mind, though, that if I marry someone who lives outside of London, then I'd have to leave here. Subconsciously, I didn't realise at the time, but when looking back, I always knew that if, I, if um, the person I marry is, say, for example, lives in the Midlands or, or a different town, then I then I wouldn't, I would, I won't be here long. Like it was never a long-term thing. Mm. So, so I loved my job and um, I carried on working, but in the background, my parents were always looking. What I would have liked to have done is got my own place in London and work, uh, get a place nearer to my work, 
and just work um work and enjoy my life and just find someone naturally without ha- having the pressure of a timeline right so to, to do it a bit more independently rather than sort yeah. of under the yeah. pressure if you like of, of your yeah family. yeah and even though I stayed away to um do my degree it wasn't really a done thing then where a girl would then would then st- uh, move away to work as well it wasn't back then no no and I and I can completely that's another parallel I draw with you that was that was also the expectation in my family now Jackie, mm-hmm. you take us back to the moment that you were triggered to create your business yeah what led to you realizing that you could actually become a fashion designer and have your own label yeah so um I did business a level and I remember sitting in my business a level class one day thinking I would love to have my own business and I was thinking um you know when you do case studies and you learn about case studies um in business um I remember this one case study it was about the avian water someone just thought of an idea of selling avian water in a bottle and it just took off and they became millionaires (laughs) and I was thinking I'd love to you know I'd love to be able to think of an idea or do something like that and do it my own on my own so that was on the back of my mind always after I'd done business a level and then because I'm a very creative person and I always wanted to do something creative I went to go and do a fashion degree so I did really well in my fashion degree and then I started working in fashion buying and the part of the reason why I went into fashion buying is because I knew at the back of my head that one day I would like to have my own fashion business I would but then it was always like, oh, I don't know, it'll be, am I going to be good enough or whatever? But it was something that has been a dream of mine from an early age. But but having that dream doesn't necessarily mean you think, okay, you're actually going to do it. It's just a dream. Yeah. And um, so then I just um, carried on with fashion buying and got married, uh, moved away, had children, and because it, I, I got a new job in Leicester where I'd moved to, I was working really long hours. So then after I had the children, I left work. And I think part of the reason why I left work, that is all, quite, quite, looking back now, is quite conditioned. Oh, you're having children, you've got children now, you know, you need to concentrate on them because that having a family is ultimately the most important thing set up a small little jewellery business on the side just as a hobby to keep me going, to keep my creativity going. Uh, That was it. Time just went by. Um, And then it was actually when I got to 40 and the kids were older that I thought, what do I do now? I didn't, I was lost. And, And then somehow I came across a life coach that I thought it wasn't necessarily... I didn't want to have sessions for them to necessarily make her make me do a business, but it was more about which direction shall I go now? Shall I go back to work or shall I do something else? But I never thought that actually it would, I should, or I could do a fashion label because I actually thought it was too late now. Um, a, I thought it was too late. Was and that another be- part of the conditioning was that the thinking that you're 40 and that might, deem you too old to be that or was that the fashion industry what where where was that thinking coming from I don't know where it was coming from I think it was looking at other designers they start off in their 20s or 30s 
Um, when I, I don't know many designers that have started later in life. Um, they've always started younger. I think, so I think that condition was coming from that. Mm. So you weren't really seeing examples of 40-year-old women yeah. like you who decided to pivot and become um, and, and to start their own fashion label. Yeah, I do now because the more research I've done into this, I have realised that actually there are a lot more women that have started late enough and they've been really successful. And actually the most successful ones are if you have started later in life. But at that time, I didn't think that was possible. I thought it was too late. Um, also, I thought, where would I get the money from? That's you know, I basically, me starting a fashion label was just not there. It was just, I came across this life coach. I thought she might be able to guide me what I could do now that my kids are a bit older. Soon they'll be starting secondary school. Um, but having starting a fashion business, I just thought it was so out of reach. Mm. Financially, mentally. What did your life coach say to you then that helped you lean in towards this idea of becoming, of starting your own, own label? She, she asked me one question, what is your passion? And I said, my passion is fashion and being creative. I said, I'm constantly thinking of designs. I just have to go for a walk in the park and I see flowers and I start looking at the colours of the flowers and I start envisaging um, an outfit from those colours. And she said, well, as you're telling me this right now, your eyes are so lit up so I can tell that's your passion. Mm. And I said, yeah, that is my passion. And I said... When I graduated, um, I my collection was selected for London Fashion Week and it arrived in the Guardian paper two days later. And even that, I thought it was just a fluke. Um, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was just a fluke. So it's just something that happened. I was lucky enough. The Guardian newspaper editor or photographer was just there at the right time and he just liked my colours and he just put it in. But it was... I, you know, I just thought it was a blue, but that has been my passion. But also alongside that, I've always thought I'm not good enough for some reason as well. So that was a question she asked me and she said, well, do you see your life? What would your ideal life look like? If you, if money wasn't an issue, if fear wasn't an issue, what would you love to do? And where would you like to be? I said, I'd love to be a fashion designer. Um, but I'm scared that I haven't got the financial, um, the finance to start it. She goes, look, if that wasn't an issue, imagine if there was no fear involved. Imagine if there was no money involved. What, what's your ideal um, thing that you would like to be doing? And I said, a fashion designer. So that's when I realized, actually, um, that is ultimately what I would like to do. But it was deep. It was very deep inside there somewhere. I'd love to know a little bit about what happened from a financial perspective because obviously all new startups require an injection of cash at some point so how did you what was your relationship like with money and how did you um give yourself permission to invest and take a little risk and see what happens yeah so um I'm, I'm i was financially dependent on my husband and she said you know if you really want to do this you can get the finance some way um you can and I said yeah but I have to ask my husband and everything and she said well you know if you want to be a fashion designer and you want to have your own fashion business then you're just going to have to take the risk a he can say no 
B, he says yes, and you lose that money, but at least you'll know you tried, you know? Mm. Um, I think, I think, I can't remember if it was her or somebody else said to me, you don't want to be on your deathbed and then ask yourself, um, I wish I'd done that, or what if? You don't want to ask yourself, what if? So then I just had to pluck up the courage and said to my husband, I need X amount of money. <laughs> um, so I never, ever thought that I would be able to have the courage to ask him because it's kind of like, it's very scary because you're asking for a big amount of money, but yet you've got no uh, guarantee that you're going to get that money back. But then the, my life coach said to me, that is the risk you have to take because all these successful people that you see and all these fashion designers, they have took that risk and that's why they're there. But that is, that just, the risk taking just comes with it if that's what you want to do. And was your fear of the conversation with him worse than the actual conversation? Or was he quite supportive or, or what was his, what was his kind of stance when you finally knocked up the courage? My husband's quite practical and he said, uh, okay, if you want this money, then you need to do a business plan and you need to prove to me that you're serious about this. And um, he works um, for a large corporate company, so he's familiar with business plans and everything like that. He said, I want you to do it. Do the business, not want you to do the business, but I want you, he goes, you have to treat me like um, just how you would ask anybody else for a loan. And you need to show me exactly what you're going to do with it, where you're going to spend the money uh, and a proper plan and when you're ex- going to expect to see it back. So that took me a while to do. I had to treat it really professionally. And that's what I did. I did a proper business plan. Wow, that's amazing. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you put you through your paces a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he said, I'm not going to give you the money just like that. You've got to, you know, just pretend I'm a bank or something. You yeah, know? No, absolutely. I, th- I think that's a really uh, pragmatic approach to have. and it And it shows that um there's a nice synergy between the two of you in the sense that you know he um could have said no he could have said yes but the fact that he helped you to create a business plan probably helped you define more clearly what it yeah. you wanted to do and why yeah. you wanted to do it and what you where you could see um in your in terms of your plan you know what what aspects of it were kind of a create an, a nice creative outlet for you because let's face it a lot of us have hobbies and we know that they're never going to turn into any kind of a profit um, yeah. and you can sink a lot of money into those kind of hobbies and so it's, it's really good to have a pragmatic person in your life who can help you really think through those details because when we're passionate about something we kind of lose sight of a reality a little bit don't we we can be a bit like yeah. no I know it will work I know it yeah now. yeah that's what I used to say and I said oh do I need to do a business plan because you know I know I, I can't guarantee that I'm going to get it back and blah blah but I, I need to try and he said no and I tried to cut corners in the business plan because I thought it's only my husband I'm showing it to <laughs> but he wouldn't have any of it he was like no you've got to do it properly so I, I ordered business um, books and um because one thing um, my life coach taught me, anything you don't know about, you can learn. Because I always had this mindset that, oh, I don't know about that, so therefore I can't do that. But actually, she taught me about growth mindset. If you don't know how to do something, 
go and get a book, buy a book about it, learn it. So that's what I did. I, I bought a book, how to do a business plan step by step. And I just followed all the instructions and everything. And that was actually really helpful. So then, so yeah, growth mindset, you can learn if you want to do something, you can learn how to do it. That's amazing. So I'd love to fast forward to the day that you launched. So you've you've got your business plan in place, you've created your design collection, and it's launch day. It's the day that you're going to hit live, perhaps on your website, on your social media handles, let the world know that you're here. How was that day for you? Oh, it was, um, it, it felt so satisfying, as in I've done it. I just kept saying to myself, I've done it. I've done what I wanted to do. This is the start now. Now, in the future, I don't know what's going to happen. It could be a a big success, but it could be a big failure. But at least I've done it. I will not be on my deathbed now thinking, what if I had tried? It's there. It's the start. And I can only go upwards now. That's amazing. So it it was one of those kind of really pivotal moments in your life by the sounds of it. Yeah, that you know that that just the fact that I'm not I haven't been one of those people that have always talked about something or I've always thought about something and always had this dream but never actually pursue it. I've actually pursued something that I really wanted to do and that feels so satisfying because I know from a hand a handful of people that have got this dream but they haven't got the the guts if you like to go for it they just haven't because they're too scared or they think they can't but I was there as well but I've actually done something about it I'm not just I haven't been one of these people that I've always talked about my dream but not actually done it I was before but but I've actually done something about my dream now to make it a reality oh you sound so passionate and energized and I can even hear that you're proud of yourself like I can hear that in your voice yeah, I am. I am proud of myself and my husband's proud of me. Um, even my kids are as well. Um, yeah, I'm proud that I've actually done it. Uh, I can't guarantee that, you know, I don't, I, I just, I'm just happy that I've done it. Absolutely. And I think that's the main thing, whatever. I think it's like those moments that we take the decision to do it yeah. or not to do it. Yeah. It doesn't always matter what the decision is whether you choose decision a or decision b the simple fact that you take a decision is the most empowering thing that you can do yeah and also stick to that decision because you know my husband was a bit worried that I'm going to start this and what if I start it and then I change my mind no I've I've made a decision I've stuck to my decision and I've pursued it till to the end which which is launched now. I've still got a lot of work to do going from now, but I know I'm not going to give up. So now that you've launched, what would you say you love most about your life now that your vision is realised? What's the, If you could pinpoint one thing that you think, I love this about my life or I love this about myself, what would it be? I love the fact that I'm able to make my passion a reality. The fact that I can draw a sketch and just from a simple sketch, I can get that made. So, and get it photographed. I mean, right from the very beginning to the end, I can get that done now. And that feels so satisfying. That makes me happy. Um, I feel satisfied that I can do that because I've found the right contacts for the steamstress. 
uh, where to get the fabrics from, um, everything around it. And it's there now. It's The website's done. It's out there. Now I can just add as many styles as I want. So that feels good. I feel good that I'm able to do that around the kids and I can do this from home um, because it is online um, and I can I take video consultations as well. Uh, and I'm happy that my husband is supportive. I have the support from my family. Um, so I feel good. So many things, so many things. I'm, I'm so happy that you're loving your life right now. What would yeah. you say to my listeners who have a dream or a desire, but they don't know they have what it takes? It's up to you to shape how you want your life to be and nothing is impossible. Mm. And there is not another you. So if you think there's a lot of competition out there, for example, and you'll never be good enough, well, your competition is not you. You're unique in your own way. Say, if you've had failures before, because this was me as well, um, I started something with somebody else a while back and also my jewellery hobby, it was okay, but it wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't spending enough time on it. But all these things in the past that's happened in your life, actually you've learned something from it. They're not actually uh, failures. It's a treat failure as something that you've learned from. That yeah, they're, li- they're life lessons, aren't they? They're valuable yeah. life lessons. Yeah, that's right. What took you the longest to learn or accept about yourself? That I can be good enough and I can do it. Because I used to look at competition and think, wow, they're so good. I would never be able to. That's so out of reach. I used to think that is so out of reach. But actually, my life coach helped me realize that nothing is out of reach. Um, Nothing is actually impossible and nothing is out of reach. You can be like that person if you wanted to and you've got to try and you've got to work hard, but you can be. And if you could go back in time and whisper a little life lesson or an affirmation to the little girl in you, what would you say to her? To the little girl in me, I would say to her that um, marriage is actually not the most important thing. The most important thing is being happy um, because when happiness happens and you live your life with passion, then everything else naturally happens anyway you know uh, amazing thank you that's been oh, it's been an amazing conversation Jagdish oh, thank you so much Rixana if my listeners want to find your fashion label or your jewellery collection where's the best and easiest way to find you uh, so all my social media is linked to my website um, and that is www.dish-official.com Thank you, Jagdish. Thank you. Thanks, Rixana. Take care. That was my guest, Jagdish, who is the owner of DishOfficial.com, a beautiful Indian fusion-inspired clothing range. Now, if you're interested to follow her, find out more about what she does, you can find all the details in the show notes before. Her social media handles are all there, as as well as her website details. I'm Roxana Hussein, and you've been listening to the Personal Power Boost podcast. You can follow Personal Power Boost on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, please go to the Apple podcast and rate and review this podcast. Do join me next week for another Personal Power Boost. Thank you so much for listening.